0: welcome heroes to the crit academy i am your host justin
1: i am your co-host brandon and i'm your co-host ian
0: this podcast was created to provide you <laughs> our heroes with new and reusable material for both players and dms
1: we hope
2: to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you at your next adventure
1: our show may not be suitable for young children but neither are our D games no we want to thank you guys for joining us today
0: here at crit academy studios where everything's made up and your roles don't matter
3: that's right That's like sighted people in a dark room.
0: (laughs) Funny. Um, All right. So, uh, as you can tell, that sexy voice is a special guest we have for you today. Cody. Oh,
3: I'm sexy.
0: Well, of course, that voice is awesome. I've seen
3: your pictures. (laughs) Oh, Brandon, you're just buttering me up. (laughs) You have no idea, bro.
0: Oh, my God. We're not that kind of show. We're not here to, uh, what is it, uh, missed, missed dates or missed opportunities or Tinder or whatever you want. Bruh. <laughs> um
3: I got a Nat 20 on my seduce check. What's up? <laughs> uh
0: all right, so uh we have a very special guest with you today, Cody Care, Thank you for joining us today.
3: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so uh obviously we kind of have been bantering uh off the air for a little bit, but do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Uh sure I am a blind musician from New England and I play d and D a a lot. Mhm.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. How long have you been blind?
3: Uh fully blind 5 years. There was a period before that where I could like see well enough. To play video games, but I couldn't see, like, the detail in, like, a book, for instance. Uh-huh.
0: Blind uh, for five years. Did you Did you start playing D&D before or after that?
3: Uh, before. Um, so, basically, like, I lost my right eye when I was 12, but, like, I could still see well enough to be, like, a functioning person visually, and I started playing D&D around 11. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was actually, like, my escape. Like, if it wasn't for Dungeons & Dragons, I think with the friend groups that I had had at that age, I probably would have ended up doing drugs, because, like, they were really prevalent in my town at that, like, at that time.
0: <laughs> wow, so that really, that, that kind of kept you from getting into that. Yep. That's, that's um, pretty awesome i would
3: agree it would have sucked very much <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um all right so um so that's that's really interesting we want to thank you for taking time to share you know that's something that, absolutely that's a lot, something a lot of people that like us take for uh, take for granted our ability to see and in fact when i first talked to you and even today during this recording i've made several points that were under the assumption you could see <laughs> and it makes me kind of feel like a dickhead but
3: uh yeah dude Like, all right, I went to, I I was playing a show once, and when I got out of the car, I left my cane (laughs) on the roof of the car and just started walking away like, nah, I got this.
0: (laughs) So, like,
3: I forget. I'm not going to get mad at you for it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's funny. Uh, So, one thing that we really like to do, we'd really like you, if you got an opportunity, would you share your favorite D&D memory with us? Oh,
3: God. All right. (laughs) um
0: i don't know (laughs) that's a good or a bad god
3: (laughs) all right so recently uh so i've been in a game for five years called d20 awesome like it's it's been this like mash uh mashup of pretty much anything d20 open license okay uh and my buddy mike who's the one running it just like make this giant universe for us to fuck off in and i was playing (laughs) this uh character who was a vampire and we were going through like some kind of magitech like airport security
0: (laughs) the dsa of the the RPG world what the hell
3: (laughs) yeah and so they stopped me because i was undead (laughs) <laughs> and they started doing, um, like, essentially, like, giving me shit for being undead. And my char- I always play super charismatic characters mm-hmm. because, like, it's my natural thing to immediately start saying anything and everything to cause a scene.
0: <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel that. If that's not profiling, I don't know what is. I'm
1: going to pick on my yeah, right? undead so guy. So I got the most cavities to, to
3: accuse... <laughs> The company of being racist. <laughs> <laughs> the company, like, in this, like, multi-universal game, like, interplanar, their spaceships and all kinds of shit. I got on the news and essentially, like... Had made the company have to rework all their policies and all because I caused a scene and like I started hitting on the reporter and like (laughs) things started turning against me. (laughs) Sounds
0: like Southwest. Yeah, Southwest (laughs) Airport.
2: Great. I'm now picturing what ETSA would be like in the fantasy style universe. Do you have a premiere for that two-handed sword there? Why, are you, dude, that guy shoots fireballs from his hands!
3: Yeah, no, dude, I, I totally passed my sleight of hand check. No one saw that two-handed sword.
0: Is that a two-handed sword in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? can it be both? <laughs> he beat me to it. <laughs> Very cool. cool. The
1: sleight of hand is so high, he's just butt naked going through a metal detector. Beep, beep, beep. What is that? Does a slight hand roll? Nothing? Okay, you're good.
0: <laughs> I don't know why it keeps going off. Oh, that's right. I got a med- metal hip.
3: Where did you hide that? Prison rules? <laughs> Prison rules! <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Well, I've been
2: shot in the past, and never took the ball out, and I'm, I'm dead, so I don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So that's a really cool story, and I think that's an interesting... Uh, if anybody's listening, I think that could be a really fun uh, encounter concept. Uh-oh. You know, you could set up a... You could set up a, like a TSA agent in front of like a, a noble gathering, you know, where all these people are here and they got to be checking for weapons and stuff. And I can just see Ian's point. Yeah, you're worried about my sword, but that guy can just blow shit up by pointing at it,
2: okay? That guy can turn into a messed up locus, and you're worried about my
1: twisted sword. Okay. That's funny. Um, so. If I remember uh, correctly, because my mother suffers from uh, an autoimmune disease called birdshot, and she's mm-hmm. slowly losing her vision. Right, Ooh, that's rough. And I found out that anybody who loses their vision later in life, whatever they saw before they lost their vision, they can still see. Like they, they yeah, have to imagine. They I still.
3: mean, like there are conditions where, like, depending on the individual and the how much sight they had beforehand, they can hallucinate. That's crazy. It's, I mean, it, you can hallucinate without actually being crazy. Like, it just depends on how much of a powerhouse your brain is. But for me, like, I have no vision now, but all along my peripheral vision, I see shit because, like, my brain, like, puts it there. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. And, and that's, the, that's how peripheral yeah.
3: vision works. And uh yeah. it's, like, not it. really right because, like, when people start flashing lights in front of me, I won't notice, and it'll sometimes be daytime when it's nighttime, or vice versa.
0: That's crazy. Each episode we like to draw one lucky subscriber's name, and they will win the five star rated adventure, The Banquet of the Damned. Compliments of Goblin Stone
1: <laughs> Goblin Stone is a community project for D D fans based out of the UK. They aim to play Shit, they aim to be a place where you can (laughs) team up with professionals to turn your ideas into high-quality products and give every fan a chance to get published.
2: And be sure to head right on over to Goblinstone.com or you can check our fellowship link on our website at CritAcademy.com.
1: Yeah, baby.
3: (laughs) And our winner today, Selena Burner. Burner. When it comes crashing down,
0: Congratulations to uh, Selena Burner! If you enjoy this adventure, um, head on over to Stone and let them know what you think, or send us an email and tell us what you think. Leave them a review. So we got a really great show for you today. Obviously, you just met our special guest here, uh, Cody. Hi. we got a really great question from uh, David Brown, uh, which I think will be interesting. Our main topic will be adventuring for the blind, followed by everyone's favorite segment, the Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment. But before all that, we have In the Realm, where we talk a little bit about what's going on in our realms. Cody, what's going on in your realm?
3: Well, Justin – (laughs) <laughs> I right, started so building my own home studio, bought my own microphones and an audio interface. Um, I, I don't know why that started like that, That's but yeah, awesome. I started building gotta, my own home studio so uh, I can start up my own podcast network and record my own music.
0: That would be awesome. Nice.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Dude, I appreciate your support. Well, what about what about you guys?
0: I'm I'm personally I'm doing pretty great right now. Um, I am spending a lot of I'm about to go on my uh yearly vacation. I'm going to uh, Emerald Isle uh, off the coast of North Carolina. Yeah, lucky. Prick. Uh, to our uh, family's beach house, and me and my wife go there, and we have a lot of fun every year. It's beautiful.
1: Your family has a beach house,
0: <laughs> doesn't yours? No. no. Well, that's not my problem. How long have
1: they had a beach house?
0: Yeah. So, Alicia, since then.
1: Since then, and you <laughs> never took me down. See how much you've
0: work. never asked.
1: I didn't know you had one.
0: <laughs> I go literally every year.
3: I thought you just go on vacation somewhere. I thought. You what
0: do to- you think you do when you go on vacation? I
3: thought you went to Disney World last year. I did. I don't know. Three when years I'm ago, on vacation, please. I stay at home and eat ice cream. So like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> that's a good vacation. That's
0: a good vacation. Yeah, no, so we uh, we go to the beach house, and here comes my dog, because the door's wide open. Hey, baby girl. that's my baby girl, Katara. Yo, Katara. She's a smart one. The one barking in the background's a dumb one, Buck. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're going to be going down there. I'm super excited. Um, get to see some family while I'm down there. Um, and it's always great seeing Alicia in a bikini, so life's great. Woo-woo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good thing you don't listen to this most of the time. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's what's going on in my realm. Brandon, what's going on in your realm?
1: I ain't okay. got nothing because we recorded yesterday and everything that I had was yesterday. <laughs> Wait, I'll
3: make a thing for you. Brandon, draw stuff for me. I'm blind and can't draw.
1: <laughs> I didn't see it either. <laughs> I gotta tell you something real quick. Christopher Titus, the comedian, is talking about that, how he went uh-huh. to go and uh, uh, do a show for Germany. Mm-hmm. Their, their, their troops. Green Berets... Uh, ask him to come come see their sergeant, Sergeant Pepper. And he says, okay. So he gets up to him, and, and he says that Sergeant Pepper is sitting in a wheelchair. And he has the top of his arm blown off. And both, of the, both of his eyes are blown out in Iraq. And when the soldier says, Sergeant Pepper, Chris is standing right here. And he turns his head and goes, Titus! Your show rocked! <laughs> I want you to know that we appreciate you coming over here and playing for us, man. I cannot tell you how much that means to us. And then he says that one of the guys saves him and says, Sergeant Pepper, would you like a picture of you, Mr. Titus? And Sergeant <laughs> Pepper turns and points his eyes and goes, Who the fuck's the picture for? <laughs> yeah, uh,
3: that's how I feel on a pretty regular basis. i <laughs> fine. I'm
1: dropping out of there. Ian!
2: Same as usual for the most part. I am working, still trying to readjust back to my regular schedule after Junk Con. I guess the only thing you need though, is like a, like, a Starfinder has just came out, and I played my first game of it, and it took frickin' forever.
0: <laughs> but did you have fun?
2: I had fun.
3: Yeah. That's all that matters. Uh, I'm, like, waiting for 5th edition to have some kind of future in modern setting.
0: Uh, I can actually, if you want, I can send you, a, well, it's in PDF form, so I don't think you can, re- your thing will pick <laughs> that up.
3: Nah, screen readers and PDFs don't. get along. I'll see if there's I something
0: I can do for you, because there is a uh, thing called Ultramodern and NeuroPasta which do that very cyberpunk-type space thingy. So oh, I'll see if I can find yeah. that for you. I make no promises because, really, I'm lazy, but I'll see what I can do.
3: It's cool, <laughs> man. You said the word cyberpunk, so I just got taken away. So oh, it's yeah. cool.
0: So, uh, so that's in the realm. Uh, lot's going on. Uh, moving on to our second segment, we have Let's Talk About Blank. We have a question from Facebook user David Brown. What is the harshest? most important lesson you learned as a dm cody would you like to go first
3: take notes take more notes and then like when you're done taking those notes you're gonna want to like take notes on your notes (laughs) (laughs) like you're gonna like like you're gonna want to be arnold schwarzenegger but instead of muscles you're gonna want notes
0: (laughs) come with me if you want to remember what happened
3: (laughs) Because, like, I ran a World of Darkness game, and it would have been super if I could remember what any of my NPCs' names were and what accents they had.
0: <laughs> Let's just take an opportunity like, to appreciate that he ran the World of Darkness. Yeah, I was just, I was
3: just thinking, huh, irony. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. That's why I like Shadowrun, too.
0: <laughs> oh, you're awesome, Cody.
3: Oh, oh you, you're uh, sexy.
1: Oh, you have no idea my big old gut. <laughs> I, I think the um, uh, harshest lesson I learned from being a DM: <laughs> don't whip your enemy ACs because your players will find out. Because <laughs> you know I mean? when uh, you got you okay, you got two kobolds, right? They're the exact they're the exact same uh, type of type of unit, and you're going along. The player rolls; they roll with fifteen. That that that's the thing. It's like okay, you missed. Like, alright, next person rolls a 16, you hit! And then next person rolls a 16 again, like, okay, I don't want them to hit this person. Like, you missed! i like, how's that possible?
0: Oh, they'll catch you in that shit.
1: Yes, they will. Yeah.
0: It's one thing to play with HP, because that is subjective to each individual character, but armor class is supposed to be pretty consistent. So mm-hmm. I can see that.
2: Well, I would say for the most part, though, like, um, get to know your players, figure out what they like and do not like, and, well... And then, because everyone's different,
0: what's the harsh lesson you learned from that?
1: Don't be afraid to speak to your players.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, last thing you want is someone walking out because you're doing too much RP or too much combat, and that's not their style, and they're like, "Okay, yeah. that's boring." The hard. Yeah. I need to lose players. Go ahead, Cody.
3: As the tradition with D and D groups everywhere, if the DM fucks up, they fill a sock with quarters and beat the shit out of you <laughs> in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that's funny. How
3: do you like me now, Private Pile? <laughs>
0: the harshest DM experience I ever had, personally, was a little bit rougher than that. It was. It can be hard on the DM to par- to end in a total party kill for not when I've not saved a group when I should have because. I don't mind players dying to their own stupidity. I don't mind them dying to bad choices and, and to luck. I don't have that. What I do have a problem with is when I kill them, because I built too difficult of an encounter to the point that they wouldn't have really had a chance.
2: On the flip side, too, though, sometimes dice rolls just happen.
0: Right, and, and that's one thing. Like I don't mind if they, they die to those dice rolls, but when I overtune an, an encounter, which I've done, and it's called the caused a wipe where they had no chance... I really felt like shit. So now I'm much more cautious of that than I ever was before. Um, and that was a rough one for me because I felt personally responsible for all my players' deaths. Now, normally, obviously, I don't care if the players die. That's not on me. I put the challenges, and if they choose not to run away, that's on them.
2: Actually, I'll let you mind slightly. I think the biggest thing, the, the harshest lesson I learned as a DM is relax. Because one thing that always drives me is all the prep work that goes into a game... And I always worry about, can I, can I do this differently? Should I be doing this differently? Mm-hmm. But you just sit back and relax. I just think things just go a lot smoother.
0: Yeah, you should see my notes. They're like five dots. Like, here's a point, here's a point, here's a point. Okay, I'm rolling with it.
2: That, okay. that's, that's why I like
1: about your thing. Here's, hey, <laughs> here are my main points. Here are here's, the monsters. Let's go.
0: That's, that's all it needs. Yeah, this is what so. to
1: happen. <laughs> go
0: (laughs) yeah and it works good now usually i do work based on like their backstories like for instance in one of the adventures i'm running on saturday um the guy's background is is he's a thief and he got he you know has been caught or he stole something so when he was uh knocked out recently um he was unconscious for some reason uh i think yeah he was unconscious for something i started showing him visions of what had happened so he had just left it vague enough that I had stole something and I had to run away because of it. So when he was unconscious, I started showing visions of what he actually stole. So I started plugging in what I wanted to happen, including this gem that he took that has more importance than he realizes. That's why I like doing that. Uh, Yeah, so that is it for the Let's Talk About Blank segment. David, thank you very much for your question. We hope that you're able to walk away with some of this. Um, If you're not, well... Sorry, we can't help you. Uh, moving on to our main topic, adventuring for the blind. Now, this was something I was worried I was going to end up offending somebody. Luckily, um, this whole topic actually came out because you reached out to us, right, Cody?
3: Yes, because I think – I don't know. So I found d d to be one of the most fulfilling things I could do as a blind person because it does a lot to engage yeah, The imagination. Yeah, it's like I said
1: before, playing D&D is like playing a book.
0: Yeah, which is so. awesome. And since he you know, probably has challenges reading books,
1: <laughs> yeah. which
0: actually leads me in. You know, uh, Cody, we give away uh, a free audio book for you. You can head on over to audibletrial.com slash Academy, and you can yeah. actually get a free audio book.
3: I might have to do that because, like, I live on Audible and I I need more books. I'm like in a series right now.
0: We're here for you, man. We took your plight into consideration thanks no man my there's world has
3: changed yeah well
0: i'm glad there's lots of good books there in fact i think they got over 180,000 to choose from
3: it's like a shit ton <laughs> yeah that's a lot it's like a ton and then you put more tons on it
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I, I tell you what though when justin first came to me and said hey we got a white person coming on the show that I, I was like no shit that's awesome that i didn't think of how much of an impact that could have on the show.
0: Oh, and that's really... That's what I'm excited for the show because there's a lot that goes into it. And actually, that leads <laughs> me to the very first question I want to talk to about is, you know, learning the rules as somebody who can't see. As far as I understand it, I was researching it, and I wasn't able to find any, like, braille copies. No legal text yeah. documents for you to, the, like, uh, use your little scanner for.
3: Mm-hmm. Wizards, like, they... I mean I I've tried talking to them but they need me to set up a uh, uh, a website account and in order to do that you know those captcha things Yeah like oh no they have yeah they have one of those and some websites have an audio version
1: Prove you're not a where it's
3: like say the number or type the numbers in that you hear and they don't have one so like I couldn't Oh, can you shit. Just can you tell, tell them that? like, hey, just like
0: yeah, it keeps asking hey. me to s- click on the picture with the sign in it. I'm not really sure I can do that. I'm
3: <laughs> I mean, like, at the time I got, like, so butthurt about it, I didn't even think <laughs> to call back and be like, hey, like, uh, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, like, I forget. I did something else. I mean, I'm, I'm like, it's a, it, days have gone by, so, like, I've, did other things probably yeah.
0: yeah and there's like no audio book either. and in fact I th- I would I would almost argue that the closest thing to an audio b- audible book for D&D is our show
3: yeah I mean like you guys I said this to you when I first messaged you it's been the most like helpful informational thing for 5th edition that I've found that's how we roll <laughs> and that gives, yeah. that gives me a new
1: appreciation for like uh, YouTube tutorials or various mm-hmm. other podcasts
0: yeah where you can really?
1: How, how would you handle that? If there there's an audiobook on the player guide or the DM?
0: Oh, that would be guide so guide. boring to listen to.
1: It'd be not only would it be boring to listen to, but how would you annotate? Like pause and
0: go to episode or go to track thirty six to listen to this yeah. table.
1: Like, that I, would I, suck. How, how, would you, how would you do tables? I don't know. It's like I love.
3: I mean, like, like they like, have for like I was in college for a little bit, before. and mm-hmm. I got to use some of those like free audio textbooks, uh-huh. and they'd probably do it like that. How does and, that work? Uh, mostly shittily, <laughs> shittily, but shittily. Badly. It shittily. sucked. <laughs> so, like, they would have the table, and it would be like, alright, so, row one, uh, column two? No, column one. Uh, it says A. Okay. Row t- <laughs> one, column two... One, two, no, column two, <laughs> it says Monday. And, like, it would be that.
0: That would take forever. And so much
3: of your life would get wasted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, because of these challenges that you've got to deal with, I actually looked up a few ways to overcome them. So if there's any that you uh, have that I haven't mentioned, please uh, mm-hmm. feel free to go forward with it. Um, uh, one of the easiest ways to overcome, I think, for somebody who's blind, because you have tools that allow you to read screens, um, yep. They have the new D&D Beyond uh, application, which is, like, a web page where you can buy all the book and have access to all the content digitally through their application. Digitally. Which, That's cool. because you can have synthesizing software, I think that that would be a good way to deal with that.
3: Yeah. I've checked D&D Beyond out. I haven't, like, gone too in-depth with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But I'll have to, like, adventure around with it more.
0: Right, right. Um, some of the, uh, another solution is just simply having a friend read it to you, you know, like, um, having Mm -hmm. your mother read you a bedtime story, come over and just read it with you. I would never have a, I would not have a problem doing that for somebody that that my friend that wanted to play and was blind. I would certainly do that. Hey, once a week, we're going to come over, we're going to read the rules together, you know? Yeah. Uh,
3: To be totally honest with you, if it wasn't for (laughs) my friends, my buddy, Mike Cohen specifically, who runs the game I play in on Sundays. I <laughs> probably would have given up on D&D. And I like, imagine
0: there's he, a lot of that that you, you really have to rely on them for.
3: Yeah, and, like, I I have now my own systems of getting my spells in sheets. Like, I know how to format in Microsoft Word. And I have my own character sheets, spell list setups. Like, I know how to get my feats and weapons down. Right. And I can do that on my own now. But when I started, I had no idea. Right. I was doing it all from memory. And, um... Mm-hmm. Like, if it wasn't for Mike Cohen, like, I would not be playing, because he helped... My character is like, right now we're in an uh, 18th-level Gestalt campaign.
0: That's awesome.
3: Yeah, using all of, like, the open gaming license shit. Like Like, a lot of stuff has gone into it, and he's, like, he came up with the class and ran me through it and helped me learn it, and, like, I'm a heavy spellcaster, so it was just, like, a lot of work.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Um, one of the other things I wanted to touch on is, I know you can't see them, but YouTube videos, um, you can listen to YouTube videos that do much like what we do and kind of talk about the different rules and, and stuff like that. Specifically, Nerdarchy is pretty good.
3: Yeah, Uh, I've listened to Nerdarchy, I've listened to Dawn Forged cast. Yep. Uh, They're they're a pretty big one. I've listened to, uh... Jordan spelled Jorfdin and he always says the PH is silent, so I guess that's like a thing. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> he does, like, reviews and I really like him because he goes into lore, like, especially yeah. with, like, the Nine Hells and the Forgotten Realms and the Planar system. That's awesome. Yeah, that's shit I'm really interested in.
0: Um, so Actually,
2: I, I one of the Forgotten Realms
3: books are available in, bra- in Braille or audio book. Maybe. Oh, they are. Uh, Drizz, the Legends of Drizz series is on Audible, and oh. holy shit, it's so good, <laughs> <laughs> so goddamn good. I, I think cried. Just, I, think just I am a twenty-six year old man, and I cried. Sorry, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that question,
0: right? Right. Um. <laughs> so now, one of the other. Uh... Uh, challenges would be, you know, with characters, you know, it's, it's really important to be able to, you know, describe your characters, not just their class and background, but you know, their physical appearance, the color of their equipment, you know, unique design sigils, you know, smells, mannerisms. It's, it, it's very important for the players to be able to do that stuff, right? We don't, if you don't, if you think about it, that doesn't happen a lot in our games, but I would imagine for someone like you, that is super critical.
3: So when I'm playing, I tend to be very uh, descriptive of my shit. Everything, even down, well, more so now than since I started like listening to Crit Academy. Like, started like describing how my character attacks and like the stances that he takes, and like taking that into consideration. But I tend to be like, I ask people for descriptions a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, like they they're all like. A lot of them aren't necessarily, like, naturally like that. They just play, and they don't know how to describe things necessarily. And for that, like, we'll as they, I get show. to know the character, I can build my own mental image of them.
0: Right.
1: That's
0: pretty cool. A
3: heifer
2: is into the bar, wearing no shirt, displaying his rippling muscles <laughs> as he towers over everyone else, covered in scars. The smell of steel beer just radiates from him.
3: Oh, my character got a boner.
2: <laughs> <laughs> However, the expression on his face indicates that not that somebody is not quite home, as if somebody just went to me hits to the face with the mace. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so that kind of leads, you know, characters kind of leads me into the character sheets. You know, how do you you fill out and, and utilize a character sheet? Um.
3: Oh, so I just kind of like got really annoyed at not having one so (laughs) i sat down in microsoft word and uh well i tried to find a digital one but they're all like pdfs and right they don't function super hot with my screen reader (laughs) so that was pickles and then (laughs) (laughs) pickles is what i say man you know when you're in a pickle it's pickles (laughs) 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 fucking deal with it (laughs) so yeah, like I sat I got in Microsoft Word and I essentially like designed out uh a whole character sheet and like the top line of it is name, race, class, level. And uh if it's like uh NPC monster I'll also have like a character or um uh challenge rating.
0: Okay.
3: And then the second line is like uh HP, armor class, melee attack, ranged attack, uh, passive perception is on that line. Okay. Uh, there's like one or two other things that I can't remember right now. So basically, you
0: made your own custom format that fits your needs.
3: Yeah, and uh, if anyone's interested in it, like I can totally send that to you to put on the Patreon or whatever.
0: Yeah, if you want to send it to me, I'll include it right into the show notes.
3: Yeah, uh... I'll I'll have to email it to you, but we'll figure that out. Yeah,
0: no, you can email it to me. It's fine. I can I can figure it out.
3: I got a question about that. How does how does a screen reader work? All right, so you know how, like, I mean, at, at the basic level, a computer is like ones and zeros, right? You know how HTML functions, right? Yes. All right, so when you take all the tags and stuff, the screen reader looks at that and. I don't know exactly how that works, but it's programmed to read and interpret that information. So, like, with a web page, I can navigate using headings and links and shit like that. Oh, that's pretty baller. <laughs> yeah.
0: That is pretty cool. Um, so, I did come up with a small list of ways to, to kind of overcome the, the, the normal character sheets thing. Um, the first thing I want to point out is there's a a, a place called uh, robobraille.org, which actually can convert a document to an accessible format, um, with a with as long as you've got a braille for a printer so you can essentially print out a regular character sheet in Braille now that's I don't, neat. I don't know how you would go about filling it in um, I but I assume that it would have little bumps that say name goes here and you you write your name I don't know yep. I don't huh, I don't know
3: <laughs> I don't know either and like also just like for the record I can't read Braille like right right I'm not like, a good blind person by any means. <laughs> like, I didn't like, I didn't read the rule book. I just sort of
0: We'll get you the audio dealt. book at audibletrial.com slash
3: academy. Yeah, like How I Sucked at Being Blind, the Cody Care story <laughs> I don't understand. Why do drive through ATMs have bright braille on them?
0: Because they probably have a friend who drives them to the ATM
1: Then why don't they just say, this is my thing, help me out
0: Because I don't necessarily trust you.
3: (laughs) I'm blind. I mean, as an actual blind person in this conversation, (laughs) I have never, like, all right, I know basic Braille, like, I know what the bumps are for one and two, so, like, I figured out an ATM, and I have never, ever used it. Because why the fuck... Would I use the drive-up ATM? <laughs> exactly. so Most banks that I go to in the area only have a drive-up ATM. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so some other, uh, other tools that can help. Uh, we talked about D&D Beyond. Once again, it's already digitized, so a synthesizer should work with that. I do not quote me on that since I haven't found somebody that's actually used it yet. But, um, and as well as Roll20. Roll20 is all digital. Um, and cool. it has dice rollers and everything. Um, and I think that that's a, a, another way to overcome that. Not only does it have the character sheets, but you know, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean it has the character sheets built right in. It's all digital and everything and that's free. So I would love Cody, if you get an opportunity, maybe play around with that and let us know what you think. That would be pretty cool. Yeah,
3: I definitely will. I, I like, I've heard of roll 20. I've never really tickled with it very much.
0: Tickled with it? Is that like pickling?
3: Yeah. <laughs> is that like what?
0: Like pickling?
3: No, no, <laughs> pickling is totally different. So, like, when you pickle, when you're pickling, it's when you're picking your way out of a pickle. When you're tickling, it means like you know, you're you're, you're like getting to know it. You're figuring it out. You're right. you're I don't know. You're fucking tickling with it. You're not going full hands in. <laughs> you're just fingertips.
0: Uh, so. <laughs> I have to ask. I imagine the, the most common thing D&D does is roll dice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a person who's got, you know, good vision, those polyhedron, those polyhedron dice are tiny as shit, and those numbers are hard to see when I can see.
3: Yeah, so, so, so there are blind people that have, like, bananas sensitivity for touch that, like, like can roll, stuff? like, a hundred-sided die and be like, it's 67! How do you know? I can I I, I just kind of, like, shook my head baffled. You couldn't tell. But, <laughs> um, no, nah, like, I just have friends that read it. Like, there are some, like, accessible dice rollers. Like, Apple iOS devices, like, tend to be really good with accessible apps.
0: Okay.
3: Like, their, um, D&D, like, Fight Club yeah? Like, I That's can't use bad. all the functions of it, but I can, like, access the spells and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Roll the Bones is an accessible, like, dice rolling app. Can't think of anything else off the uh, top of my head.
0: I did. We did find a website that actually has, um, Braille dice that they, they 3D print.
3: Hey, yeah, I, my buddy Mike actually got me one of those. Um, it's pretty cool. They're, like, fragile. Are they? Yeah, like, they're hollow, like, they feel like wood, and, like, if you look at it the wrong way, it might collapse in on itself. <laughs> and, like, it's they're pretty neat, though.
1: That. Even but, if I was blind, I don't know about you, but I don't trust my friends, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: like, oh,
1: that's too bad, you rolled a 2, when real in reality, you rolled a 9 or something. <laughs> but who knows, maybe it'll we'll
2: improve as go- goes along, but I remember one time, though, I read a webcomic called D20 Monkey, and there's a player inside the comic that is also blind. And... I've not been able to find a equivalent even after digging around online, but in the comic anyway, he actually has an electronic dice roller where time he presses his E button, it basically
3: audibly says what the n- the number is.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's
3: totally there fancy. are um certain things like that, like the dice roller on my phone, like, because Apple phones and iPhones and iPods, like, all have a screen reader built into them. Right. Mm-hmm. So they they like it can speak the the thing out loud. Like I haven't ever found like a, a, a device that's strictly a dice roller though.
0: Right, right. Um, so that's interesting. Right. Um. Now I kind of want to get to the meat and potatoes here. Um. One of the most important things to D and D is setting the scene. Now, normally, what I've seen happen, and I know this isn't with everybody, but what I have seen happen often in D and D is when people use like a gridded map. They draw out the shape and say, "This is the way the room looks, but I can't mm-hmm. imagine that's nearly enough for you <laughs> um, <laughs> or anything at all when it comes like when I it comes to the
3: grid, like how I've started recently figuring that out is uh kind of like a chessboard, like one through eight a mm-hmm. through h oh, um, just on a bigger scale, right, and uh like that's how i've started figuring out tactics but i mean uh, my buddy mike and a lot of the people that i play games with tend to be very descriptive
0: okay well that's good
3: yeah so like uh i don't know i've been able to like figure it out for the most part haven't run into anything well there have been certain parts of the game where it's like a little over my head when it comes to the grid right just because when you have all the players and like 30 minions (laughs) being assholes, like, it gets pretty chaotic.
0: Um, I would imagine that, you know, the room... This is really, really important for the DM and the players to talk about the... Constantly talk about the shape of the room, the dimensions of the room, you know, the different terrain features and the obstacles, and not only that, but, you know specifically deciding to talk uh, talking about the other using the other senses uh to really give you the best vision possible whether it's the you know the the smell of wood burning or you know the chill touch in the air or something like that that becomes super important with with you uh you playing
2: you walk into a 30 by 50 room with covered with plaster on the wall inside on the north side a fire roars with Inside the room, the council sits at their dark
1: mahogany table. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine uh, rectangular or square
3: rooms would probably be easier for you to
0: Easiest, too. I would imagine, too.
3: Yeah, I mean, reasons why I like 5th edition is because it's so much more theater of the mind. Me, too. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, like, because with that, like, I can just be like, alright, it's this kind of shaped room. If it ends up becoming relevant, it can become more relevant. Right, if not, right. it, it can stay in the imagination.
0: Yeah, I I for sure. Uh you know, and that you know, that directly leads into, you know, not the 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 challenges of uh game board combat, right? You know, using <laughs> a grid versus theater of mind You know, while you can play theater of the mind, sometimes tracking positions like you mentioned with all the minions can really get overwhelming. Um and especially like tracking conditions on people. Um if you can't see that becomes really hard. I know when we were using all the minis we would hang uh, Soda bottle uh, rings mm-hmm. from breaking the mm-hmm. caps off over them, but that's something you know. That's something that you know you isn't isn't really good enough for you. And of course, coming back to players describing their actions, you know, I attack is not really enough to engage your your imagination, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of all those things.
3: I swing forth my broadsword unto his head. Okay, what happens?
0: <laughs> <There>. <laughs>
3: so. Like one of the ways that when I run games i i try to i i tend to we call it rule zero, but it's like the rule of cool like love it i I'm like the michael bay of dming but if I had <laughs> more substance, you know what i'm saying you know what I'm saying i mean i mean Right. But, like i I ran a star wars game, uh huge star wars nerd, if anyone's curious i uh and in that game, I came up with a concept of combo points, where it was you could use the like three at the beginning of every session, and essentially you could make your attack or use your force power, however many you're able to make in a turn, and then spend a combo point. And if you described it cool enough, you could add shit onto your attack doing oh, that's other cool. attacks.
0: That's kind of rewards <laughs> creativity.
3: It, it got shit. Like, things got pretty ridiculous at one point <laughs> where my buddy Ben, like, took one of the big elite bad guys that I had, forced through him into a wall, and then, like, force lightninged him, and then, like, turned the lightning into fire. It got bananas, man. That's
2: awesome.
1: Star Bitch Doc!
3: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Um... As you think of that one time where brother Matt was playing a Warhammer 40K RPG where some idiot attacked an AI. Tried to hack him. Failed. The AI hacked him back. Succeeded. Critically.
3: Oh no. Hacked
2: oh no. Guy. Hacked the guy's gun, which is the uber powered BFG.
0: <laughs>
2: Fired that point blank into the guy himself. Critic again. So the rounds exploded in the room full of sling barrels. Oh snap. Inside the nuclear factory. Oh no. No more factories. H- how's your happen. face? God. <laughs> Mushroom cloud in the background. My friend is a sniper two miles away. Oh, crap. I'm going to have to
3: deal with that. Oh, no.
0: So, um... Some of the things that I kind of jotted down, I did a lot of Googling and a lot of research in preparation for this episode to really understand some of the challenges and solutions um, that other people have come up with dealing with this. And you mentioned, uh, you know, having all the minis and stuff. It can be very difficult to track position. Um, One interesting idea I saw uh, on Reddit, and forgive me if you you created this, please let us know. I'll give you a shout-out, but I don't have it right now, so sorry. Um, What they did is they, they made the... They made the um the battle ma- the battle mat was made out of corkboard and basically mm-hmm. they put thumb uh thumb tacks on the bottom of all of their minis and so the 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 blind person could feel around on the mat for all the minis to feel and not have a risk of bumping them or moving them or anything and it also allowed them to move their own mini uh relative to where everyone was at and i just thought that that was really really Cool.
3: Yeah, I, it's definitely something, like, my friends and I have tried in certain occasions to get me to play uh, certain mini-games, mm-hmm. uh, like our uh, tabletop games, like War Machine or Warhammer of mm-hmm. Flames of War, and we've toyed with a few ideas like that. We've never really gotten around to it with uh, the, like, battle mat for d and I personally wouldn't trust myself. Like, I, I tend to be <laughs> kind of aggressive in my movements. And like, I'd feel like I'd break <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm moving here. <laughs> That's why
3: Listen, I, I just I'm very I'm, I'm an aggressive person. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: um, on <laughs> so one of the uh, one of the other solution is they use those round tokens and they mm-hmm. put little uh, bead stickers on them and created little Braille tokens um, for their. Their players now one might be monster one monster two something like that and then the 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 they would put braille uh, for the names or the the identifiers for all of the the characters and I thought that that was cool as well so once again it gave the person who couldn't see an opportunity to really interact with the board like everybody else um, what do you think about something like that?
3: Uh. Uh, I think it would be really good. Again, as a, I, I mean, I can't read braille, so like I, I'd be like a fish out of water if it got like too complicated. But I think if like I know a lot of blind—well, I don't really know a lot of blind people—but like the two that I do know, sorry, I exaggerated pretty fiercely. <laughs> the two that I do know can read braille. Um, only one of them, I think, is a D and D player, so they might find something like that useful. I haven't really talked to him about right. like if he's done something like that though. Uh-huh.
0: And kind of leads into the next thing where they made special condition cards for the blind person uh, that had Braille on them as well. Now, obviously, um, if you can't read Braille, that's not going to help you too much. But I like at least the idea of having condition cards to remind Mm -hmm. you that you are under a certain effect. You can even say they're different shapes, you know. I'm going to give you a round card for poison. I'm going to give you a square card for um, paralyzed, you know, something like that. So that's cool.
3: And I mean, like you could use like braille printers and stuff to make like spell cards, braille. Oh as well. yeah.
0: Very cool. I didn't or like braille,
3: that. like there's braille labelers. Mm-hmm. Um, a technique that I use to actually play card games like Pokemon and magic. The gathering mm-hmm. is, uh, you can get it. What is it? It's, I think it's the braille superstore.org or.com, awesome. but you can get this thing called a pen friend. And what it is, is you get little magnetic, uh, little, like, sticker tabs that use magnetic memory along with the pen so you can record information on there using your own voice.
0: That's awesome.
3: And, like, yeah, so, like, I can label, uh, like, it, uh, it's a Pikachu in power 30. <laughs> it's going to die to stuff. And then, you know, you play like that. There's a headphone jack in the thing and everything so you can, like, oh, thank God. listen to it privately.
1: I was going to say, that would suck for you. You just, you're playing Magic, you pull that one card you yeah, yeah, put powder spell it says, it says China the Firebrand the other uh, poem's like, Oh really? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just Char. like Wrath of God. Oh damn it, now he knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: funny. Um so Wait, very Jeff, cool. Shit. And then obviously, um one thing our show has talked a lot about, you know in combat just saying I attack is not good enough. So it's important to flush out your combat descriptions. Instead of, you know, something like I attack, it's I you know, I'm gonna dash towards that goblin. I'm gonna slide on my knees as I pass sweeping my short sword across his midsection.
3: I punch him in the dick.
0: That works too.
3: (laughs) Thanks, Ian (laughs) That that sentence summed it up. That's like basically <laughs> every attack action I make.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Some> noc- <laughs> you, you, and nut, you and you are great.
2: Now go punch the bad guys in the dick! <laughs> yeah, I did play a halfling monk there for a while, so... that was <laughs> <halfling>. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: That's awesome.
2: Because they're eye-level to him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I have to ask, is there anything that you would like to talk about in, as far as D&D related um, um, with playing blind before we move on to our under Tips and Tricks?
3: I honestly really can't express enough how beneficial it has been. Because, like, not just for blind people, but in general, I, I think D&D is a very good thing. I uh, It does a lot to help with, like, group bonding, and it does a lot to help people with social activities. And, like, Especially in like where the game is popular in like in groups of people that might not have the best social skills, like it's a very, I don't know, it's helpful and it does a lot to better you as a human being. Right. right. And like as a blind person, like and especially like I told you earlier, like if it wasn't for D and D, I might be on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's just it's done a lot for me and it's done a lot to help. Like because I loved video games when I could see. Right. And. You know, it helps me feel that again. Yeah.
0: Well that's cool. And and that's kind of how I've described it to when I try to get new people in. It's like, you know, imagine the, the epic moments you have in a video game or you experience in a book. That's what D and D is, but with a lot of social interaction, you know.
1: D and D is even rehabilitating prisoners too. Yeah, or D and D in prison that is.
0: When you don't ban it. because <laughs> yeah, you summon demons in prison. That'd be bad.
1: Uh, there, there are uh, excuses that it's teaching them how to break out of stuff. <laughs> how to escape i know one person it because they said that they encourage
2: the gang mentality
0: i can see that i mean that's what a party is is a, a small gang right um so that is our uh our main topic today you know adventuring while blind you know this if you've got you know if you know somebody who is blind if they don't already play D, invite them There's what we've talked about ways to overcome them and maybe help them experience a world they may not know is out there. You know?
3: Yeah. And if you know someone who's blind, don't be afraid to move their drinks on them a little bit. You know, keep (laughs) them humble. Keep them
0: humble. (laughs) Oh my God. That's awesome.
3: Cause like, I won't lie. I've used blindness to get shit, not like money, (laughs) but like I have cut lines at concerts I cut lines at Disneyland. Keep us humble. You know, kick You know what? God
0: damn it. Next time I like see that. a blind burst, I'm going to kick him in his cane now because of that. <laughs> I'm going to wonder, is he, is he trying to screw with me? That guy, I just waited yeah. like three hours in line. This guy's just going to walk up front. He's going to go on the roller coaster. We can't even see.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait to get all the feedback about how I'm not really blind.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's
3: going to be like, that fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe, just maybe, because you,
2: you, you should be descriptive in games with blind people. Buy a freaking th- th- thesaurus!
0: So that is our main topic, adventuring while blind. Now, before we move on to our unearth Tips and Tricks, we have another amazing prize to give away. The best-selling adventure, The Claws of Madness, Compliments of Smith.
2: Laura Smith is a small indie team of creative artists who remembers exploring the realms together with friends, finding incredible places, <laughs> and meeting colorful characters along the way. <laughs> Shut up, Sultry. <laughs> <Soul Tree. laughs> they set out to deliver an experience that sparks those lasting impressions that push them to create their first standalone adventure, The Claws of Madness. This best shilling adventure is one that you do not want to miss, Pilgrim.
3: And today's winner of Laura Smith's Claws of Madness <laughs> is. Clint 82. That's Ooh. right, Clint 82. Who is he? Oh, wait, it's Clint 82. It's, <laughs> I read that wrong.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> when it comes crashing down Oh, my God, that's it hilarious. <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny. You gotta take a stand. It
0: don't have to hide. Congratulations <laughs> to Clint 82.
2: Clint's. <sighs> Crush, Dad. I don't it. give a fuck. <laughs> you're you're
3: crushing it, Klein.
0: So, uh, moving on to our fourth and our final segment, and everyone's favorite episode. Favorite part. Cody, you're a listener. What is your favorite segment?
3: Uh, the gay porn. Oh, shit! He caught us out.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that, we let that slip once, <laughs> and so look what happened. My bad.
3: The Unearthed Good. tips and also tricks.
0: Yeah, our own <laughs> Trips and tricks segment, where oh, we yeah. where we bring new and creative content for you to bring with you on your next adventure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's adventure. <laughs> um, now, a lot of these concepts uh, were brainstormed by myself and Cody, so we hope you enjoy them. And if you don't, you can go suck a nut. Uh, <laughs> uh, our character concept is the blind fighter. A, oh, yep. I
3: do enjoy this one.
0: Do you want? Do you want to take the lead on
3: this? Sure. A lot sure. Uh, so this was a character concept that I had uh, for a campaign based in like uh, like an Oriental Adventures kind of setting. Okay. But we never got to use it. But it could be applied in pretty much any kind of setting. So it right. takes. Basically, a young street punk didn't have nothing but thought he was tough shit, and that's how he got his way in the world, and some shit goes down where he loses his eyes. And so he crawls around, like, pretty helpless without his vision, and, you know, kind of like in, what was it, Doctor Strange, where he loses his hands and hears about that mystical cult that could, like, help him. Right. Uh, This young fighter hears about some kind of, like, monk's, uh, uh, what's the word? Sanctuary up on a mountain that might be able to does help he gotta,
0: does him. Monastery? I was gonna say, does he have to find a blue-purple flower? What's up? Did he have to find a special blue-purple flower first?
3: <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know. Something <clears throat> incredibly visual that makes no sense. Like, <laughs> yeah, blind dude, find the one, find this, uh, find the white, fucking puppy. Find a <laughs> white puppy. <laughs>
0: so he, he makes it up to this monastery. Yeah, this and thing. you know,
3: there he learns, like, the secrets of I mean, like, essentially being daredevil. Like, does flips and shit and, like, gets into stare-downs with people. Like, because originally he was supposed to be a samurai. Right. And I well, wanted him jutsu to being be, a like, Kenchi. an ajutsu master which is just, like, the art of the art of the stare-down. Because, like, <laughs> Stare down. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah, I, I mean, because he, he was it. supposed to. He's blindfolded too, like which was a big aspect of the character that I had.
0: Right. Bam- and like, right?
3: how unnerving would it be for you to have a staring contest with a dude in the blindfolds? <laughs> <laughs> which
0: let's see who blinks first, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, like
3: who's gonna win, dude?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So I think we discussed, you know, uh, obviously the character not having being blind, you would have to kind of overcome that some way. I would say um, maybe having, you know, uh, like advantage on all perception checks that don't involve sight. And I think yeah. it would really be up to the DM to make sure he focuses on some of those cues. Um, because if not, then it would be a whole new type of challenges.
3: You It's you're very, very, behavior. very true. Shut up. <laughs> you could have like a blind scout
0: Oh yeah Like maybe and if you like, gave him a familiar You could have a spotter something. And like oh, yeah.
3: just like a situation where he's like Dude shut up I'm trying to hear <laughs> 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 Like I don't give a fuck about your kids Let me do my job
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever, you guys ever see uh, See, Well I know he probably did not But did you guys ever see the uh, uh, Down periscope and, uh, Sonar is, he's sitting there and he's listening and he's like, what do you hear? Well, this guy's eating a candy bar on the upper deck and somebody just farted and somebody just dropped some change. You know, I could really, I feel like that could be a lot of fun, role play fun. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about the down periscope
1: joke.
3: <laughs> no, I love that movie. It's uh, good shit. I just dropped 45 cents.
1: Was that what it was? Are you sure? Two dimes and a nickel. <laughs>
3: I think that
0: would be a lot of fun to roleplay that, but I really think your DM needs to be on board with that Um, and finding a way to make your character blind but still be effective.
2: Um, Mm -hmm. I feel vibrations. Someone's coming. (laughs)
0: Um, So that is our character concept, the blind fighter. Now it says fighter, but it really can be any martial archetype. It doesn't have to literally be just a fighter. It could be a monk, a fighter, maybe even a barbarian if you wanted. He just charges I mean, it could be a, that like saves. a
3: really bad wizard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, or bl- a blade dancer. You can explain yeah. his uh, ability to see stuff through magic. Or you can get really avatari and say they can feel the vibrations in the ground somebody, somebody else say that earlier Me. okay yeah like like ian said that i wasn't oh. listening Man, that no. went into my head and i just regurgitated <laughs> so uh, or like
3: or he doesn't do anything because he's gay <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so our that is our character concept the blind fighter our monster variant of the podcast is the sightless kobolds
3: oh i love this one too
0: so for those of you that don't know um our monster variant is basically you're taking uh, an existing character stat that already exists and adding just a few additional features to make them a little you know more fun a little more different some variation and variant okay yeah so this is another one from you right cody (laughs)
3: Yeah, uh, so the Sightless Kobold is essentially expanding on a concept that you guys had talked about. I I think it might have just been, I don't remember who the co-host was, but obviously Justin was there. (laughs) Um, And you guys were talking about, like, different kinds of kobolds, like having... Kobolds. kobolds, thank you alright, my mouth is working fine uh, like flying <laughs> wizardy ones or ones running around with spears and I was like, huh, maybe like ones that don't have eyes from the Underdark
0: oh, nice where,
3: yeah, where um, essentially, like they would have weaknesses to sonic damage like and... thunderwave and shit what was that?
0: like thunderwave and stuff
3: oh, yeah, it would be thunder damage in 5th uh, edition, that yeah. is true Um, but, like, you couldn't blind them, like, light-based attacks, or, like, gaze attacks wouldn't work, or dancing lights.
0: Very cool, very cool.
2: Great, nothing about the samurai from Ninja Scroll who was blind.
0: Oh, yeah, that was a good one. I
1: like Ninja Scroll. (laughs) Graboids.
0: Graboids, yeah.
2: (laughs) So, um,
0: obviously, so there's a lot of advantages that come with uh, having, uh, you know, blind sight and not being able to see, um... I think this would be really fun if you made him like a shaman. I I think we talked about making him a shaman and giving him <clears> the spell darkness. If you don't know what darkness does, it basically creates this orb of magical darkness that nobody can see through. Well, if you're effing blind, <coughs> if you're effing blind, it doesn't matter. You don't have to see, but nobody else can see to hit you.
3: Uh, straight up no fucks given, dog. <laughs> <laughs> they made a movie
1: about that.
0: What, ninjas with darkness
3: no it's these three kids breaking this blind guy's
1: house and he traps them inside and shuts all the lights off so they're in his world but he has advantage <laughs> oh is. yeah Listen,
3: don't breathe eyes. that movie's good yeah. shit i was gonna say
0: do the popo line
3: you're in my world now <laughs> so I, think,
0: I really think this is great and i think can be really fun um especially if you put all the characters in a world where they can't you know they can't they don't know how to deal with this because it's magical darkness. There's a very only there's only if I'm not mistaken one way to really see through that and that's devil sight. And I think it's a warlock ability or feature. True sight. True sight can see through it? That's what
2: true sight's for.
0: Are you sure? Okay. Yeah, so true sight and and, and devil sight are probably the two only ways to really look through it as far as I know. Yeah, those
3: aren't like necessarily easy things to come by. Yeah, I would
0: agree. I know for devil sight it's a very particular uh
3: You got to play this class, you got to pick this feature. Yeah. Yeah, and like, True Sight is like a, it's like what, six level spell? I
0: don't know. It's it's up there, I'm not really sure what level it is, but it's pretty high. So yeah, this definitely is a really cool idea, and it definitely can make those little bastards a little bit more deadly. So, that is our monster variant, the Sightless Kobolds. Our encounter on the podcast, we have the Labyrinth of Darkness.
2: I think we got to touch on this one just a little bit. Did we? Just through sight the scenarios.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we had discussed this, it's basically an entire dungeon covered in magical darkness Mm -hmm. where no lights can penetrate.
3: Yeah, I I actually started expanding on this because I want to use it for something. Oh, yeah? And uh, one of the concepts, so um, the party enters a very archaic dungeon. Uh, pillars to the ceiling, but you can't quite see the ceiling. It's shrouded in darkness, like old decrepit vines crawling up the pillars. And as they enter into this maze complex, there are statues of humanoid figures in strange like poses. Like some would have their backs bent almost in half, and they're like gripping their heads. Oh, man. And, that like,
0: was like some exorcist shit right there.
3: Yeah, like it's supposed to be really—it's like really uncomfortable. And as they enter into the uh, the cavern, like all the lights just disappear. And if you like certain like DC like seventeen perception check. You can start hearing shuffling. And what I picture happening oh, is those statues are now moving.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Like, grating yeah, across like,
3: the ground. and, they, like, they're trying to do, like, some Slenderman type shit.
0: <laughs>
3: like, they're just gonna start grabbing party members and taking them away.
0: Oh, see, I think this would be really cool if you gave them the, uh, if you gave whatever fight uh, villains that are fighting them some sort of teleport or um the 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 something that allows them to move easily around too Showstep. yeah you start just grabbing people and poof they're gone like in those 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 horror movies you know what i mean yeah and your characters don't know what's grabbing them i mean they can attempt to break it and try to get free but if they're just being grabbed and poof, t- taken away that could be terrifying uh, hey is... brandon how are you brandon brandon <laughs> i'm just, just ian where did you brandon face? go
2: ian <laughs> yeah, yep. I just know that this uh, description for a dungeon would be a weeping
0: angel's playground. Oh yes, for sure. So I was thinking of weeping that's a, angels. That's a good one.
1: Well, well be What's a weeping angel? It's from Doctor Who. Oh.
0: From, uh, do you want to explain more? Okay, it,
1: it, it's a race of uh, beings that uh, they're angelic and they ha- they have wings.
0: Generally, what angels are? Yeah, just saying. We usually angels. got they got wings, but and, uh,
1: if they look at somebody or someone sees them, they turn to stone. They're a statue. And They can't move. And they can't move. But if no one's looking at them, they're normal. They're very fast and they feed off of your life energy.
0: Oh. So, shutting off the lights, nobody can look at them. If
1: you blink, you're dead.
0: So, the trick would be to get the lights on. That's a really cool solution to a non, and make it a non-direct combat. Because they're going to struggle with combat.
1: Like, it could terrify the players doing that. Like, Usually, it t- usually, one of the players has a torch on them, mm-hmm. and they could just light that thing up. And when it turns on, they look up. There's one right in their face, but it's now a statue again. <laughs> oh, Yeah. No.
3: Well, like right, so right like, like a-, a real something really important for me is visceral horror. Like clearly, <laughs> yeah, I loved. Um, I, I've always loved horror movies. A lot of horror movies like couldn't really scare me though, because like I couldn't feel it because like, a lot of like saw and shit like that it was mostly gore uh-huh. what i believe in is like if you're going to make something scary you need to make sure it gets under their skin and like when i thought of this dungeon and, and like putting in those statues i want them to see right. like what's ha- like it's like a foreshadowing like all these twisted bodies and, like, when the lights go out and they start getting taken away, they have the feeling that it's those things, uh-huh. and that's, like, more, in my opinion, something that's going to be a lot more frightening is to see something that horrible and then to now be alone with it in a room, like, where you no longer have control.
0: Right, and, and I and I think that you can really take this even beyond that. You could actually shut all the lights off in the room when you run this game.
1: You're an asshole. <laughs> No, and I'm dead serious. You want to get to the point where your players are driving by a statue the next day and they go, nope. No, but
3: yeah, if you... That's exactly shut what them, I want. I don't have to see the damn statue. If,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, if you
0: shut the lights off, they could, this could be a real good opportunity to get them really involved and in the world of what it's... the world of darkness, what it's like to be to not be able to see nothing. <laughs> that great. Give me a perception check. And What'd you roll? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the point, asshole. Uh, or you could do like a, a, a small flashlight that the DM has. Give me a roll and then he flashes on the DM and shuts it off. I really. I don't know, I just imagine that that that's really, could be a really good thing, and if you really want to be a douche, maybe you can get somebody else who's not in the game involved in wearing like a mask or shit, so when you, when, when you <laughs> have this monster jump out, you, they turn a flashlight on in their face and they don't know the person's there. I mean, that uh, would just be terrifying. Wouldn't help a blind person, but This <laughs> is such a good idea.
3: I, I mean, mean, I'm the one running it, I don't need to see the scary monster. <laughs> <Anybody>?
0: <laughs> i mean need to see it that's funny um but but yeah i so i really think you could do a lot with this idea in and really engage the players so um uh, is there anything else we want to touch on for that awesome encounter idea uh pit like, traps pit traps oh yeah make those those <laughs> things become dangerous now you can't see where you're going man hey i'm gonna do a perception Fucking check <laughs> okay
3: exploding runes
0: oh man this this is a trap nightmare
3: yeah if they yeah basically
0: see.
3: so i love i love making people sad
0: um all right that is our encounter of the podcast the labyrinth of darkness our magic item of the podcast is the eye of sonar dun, dun, dun. Uh, this is an amulet is adorned with a coiled silver dragon with an obsidian gems for eyes This magic item has 1d4 charges that recharges at dawn. You can use an action to speak speak the command word of this item, and you are granted blindsight up to 10 feet for one minute. Ooh, what do you guys think about that
3: i wish i had that in real life
0: yeah i know right man i'm sorry every
3: bro. time i didn't drop a guitar pick like <laughs> oh, <no. Shit. laughs>
0: i can just imagine he's got like 30 guitar
3: picks around him
0: how you doing today uh i'm all right why is there 30 guitar picks i,
3: I pick well i don't know where any of them are yeah. so help
1: me keep buying them keep dropping them eventually you just got reached <laughs> out to the floor he
0: will find them. i really i think this is a cool magic item just because it gives utility. Um, and you could limit it. You could limit it to one-time use or change the number of charges. But I really feel like this would be a really powerful item for the uh, like for a character who is um, maybe the blind, maybe the character is blind. Maybe this is a way to help him kind of deal with that. Maybe you know you give this to the rogue who's sneaking all the time. You know, I I think it's it's fun and it, it allows them to 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 penetrate some of the common challenges of not like if a good character would be somebody that doesn't have dark vision right? Because you, when you're carrying, if you're the only person in the damn party, you've been the first, only pretty in the, person in the party without a dark vision, I've been there. Yeah. You need a damn torch. Yeah. So, you know, this way you might be able to kind of follow somebody at least, just stay within a few feet of them.
2: Screw you. That was a <laughs> Um,
0: It's it's not too fancy, but it kind of goes with the theme that we've been follow, following. So, Do you guys have any interesting ideas of where something like this would come in handy? Besides the
3: dark? Nope. Uh, honestly, what, what like, one? a scout could use it and it would give him, like, essentially, like, another kind of perception to have yep. while he's scouting. The only thing I can think of is if you somehow get into a in to fight with a predator.
1: Uh, a predator? <laughs> or if into a scuff and someone throws sand in your eyes. Yeah. Pocket sand!
0: Oh, there shasha. you go.
3: <laughs> Pocket sand! <shasha. laughs>
0: another thing that could be cool is, uh, you know, it's good for identifying, like, invisible enemies, too, right? Mm-hmm. Invisible stalkers, specifically. We know how much Ryan loves those, so... <laughs> I think it's really cool. It's a nice utility. It doesn't really stab and blow anything up, but uh, I think it has a lot of uh, value in a game and isn't something that's overpowered. So you can probably give it pretty early on. So that is our magic item of the podcast, the Eye of Sonar. Our dungeon master tip of the podcast is—I
1: was
0: wondering if somebody's going to jump in on that. And don't say,
1: rely on the grid for your room descriptions. The grids are helpful, yes, but they don't show every detail.
0: Yeah, they often—you know—they're often just shapes with some boxes in them and that's not good enough it's it's not good enough you don't want boxes you don't want square rooms all the time you don't want just circular rooms all the time you really want to get creative with the shapes a a, a grid doesn't show enough detail on it it's so bland if you ever seen anybody of course you haven't seen anybody do it but if you've ever drawn if you ever draw a map you usually put the absolute bare minimum on it but when you draw the grid. And then begin to talk about all the items that are in it, even if it's not on the grid, it gives the players the the clear, defined um, description of the objects that are in it. You know, I think I've mentioned on the show before about the players going into a kitchen when I had a little grid. It was just a basic box and I drew a table. And, you know, I described it's a kitchen, you know, it's got knives and, 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 you know, it's got all this utensils. So one of them wanted to use like telekinesis or I think it was catapult on like knives and shit. You know, if they're just staring at that grid, they're often not going to think about it. So it's up to you as the DM to really come forward and make sure that you describe the the necessities that are a part of the scene. Mm -hmm.
2: Kind of like how the game Feng Shui outright encourages you to assume that there's stuff in your environment.
0: Yes. Feng Shui is really, man, I want to play that again. Very action movie oriented. That's really cool stuff. That sounds cool. Is there? Um, Yeah, very much so.
2: Ah, grab the hot needles on the table and throw it into their guy's face.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you're in a restaurant, right? Yep. I mean, even if you're in a, re- you just walk into a house when somebody's eating, you can improvise a, a steaming kettle. Well, there wasn't one on the grid. Well, there's, there's a
3: there's a character concept: the dude who only fights with food and food parap- paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Watch it! He has chopsticks. Run. <laughs> um. This. You know, it's important to use, you know, all the senses when you're describing the size of the room, the, the color, the smell, the touch. We kind of touched on this briefly already, but make sure you do that because a little box on a chart or on a mat isn't good enough. And it shouldn't be good enough for anybody, blind or not, deaf or not, whatever. Go into detail. Do you guys have anything to add to that? I know that feng shui was a good one. Anybody else? Cody?
3: I mean, no, nah, all my opinions were basically, like, I just prefer Theater of the Mind, and like, I think everyone, it, with D&D specifically, like, should be coming to it, even with the Grid, I think the Grid should be secondary in D&D.
0: I agree, and, and I only often use it when the combat's so int- complex that
1: Theater of the Mind's not going to do it. You're fighting in a maze! <laughs> when, you, when you shifted from uh, uh, Grid to Theater of the Mind, I start preferring grid, uh, Theater of the Mind.
0: I agree. So that is our DM, DM tip of the podcast. Don't rely on the grid for your room descriptions. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't Go be a, a dick. dick. Don't be blind to those around you.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, next time you play your own session, take note on what is described versus what is assumed based on what you can see, kind of what you just talked about in feng shui. You know, then ask yourselves... Are the descriptions that I've used adequate enough that even Cody... It, that if Cody was here, he would know what just happened?
3: Yes. Make me a part of your daily life.
0: <laughs> get, your, get your daily uh, daily levels of Cody.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, don't just assume that people... Well, just guess the... Find your, your environment. Even though some people do like... If you're in the restaurant, there's going to be chopsticks and noodles. If you're in the Chinese restaurant, that is. If you're in the... Uh,
0: McDonald's Yeah, <laughs> It's probably not chopsticks.
2: I mean, there's <laughs> definitely disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> if you're that's in funny. the mill, there's probably some saws, some 2B4, some axes. If you're in at home in Texas, there's probably some guns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> I assume there's a pistol on every chair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, you know, just, just compare what you say versus what you are assuming. It you'll be pleasantly surprised by the differences uh in the way people play because of that. In a kitchen, I might not think to assume that there's silverware there, but maybe Ian will. He played enough a feng shui, I would hope so.
2: I club you in the place with blue toaster.
0: Um, is there anything you wanted to touch on more with this, uh, Cody?
3: Just be considerate. Really, like I mean, like, yeah, don't be blind to the players, but not just the blind players. You know, you got to, like, think of everyone's needs. Like, D&D groups all require a certain level of accommodation.
0: Yep, I agree.
3: And I just think, you know, it's like being in a relationship. You all got to work together.
0: Wow, you totally need to send that as a meme to my wife.
3: I got you, bro. <laughs> okay. Right. I've been in bands for like almost 10 years and that's, it's the same concept. Right. right. <laughs> Always weeks.
1: You're going to come to work with a black guy. I'm like, how'd you get that? My wife heard episode 44.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is our player tip of the podcast. Don't be a dick and you can avoid dickitude by don't be blind by not being blind to those around you. So yeah, please join us on our next episode. where We hear feedback from you, our heroes and deliver more creative and functional content for your games.
2: If you have any feedback, on Earth tips and tricks, or topics you'd like to discuss, please send them to us. You can email them to us at CritAcademy at
1: gmail.com, or find us on Twitter and Facebook at CritAcademy. We hope you've enjoyed your experience here at Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a hopefully 5-star review on iTunes. Also, be sure to give us a like and a share. And...
0: Make sure to subscribe to our show at critacademy.com or if you really want to support us head on over to patreon.com/critacademy. You can join us on our live conversations right now and even watch us except for unless you're blind, can't help you with that, but you can at least interact with us and uh, He's like I'm tired of these jokes already. Um join us. you know you can you can watch. <laughs> 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 you <laughs> You can join us live and, you know, get to experience all the crap that's going to get cut out that Cody got to experience. Becoming a Patreon donor really sh- uh, shows your support for us and the amount of work that we do and the content that we deliver. Um, for little as $3 a month, if you think our show is worth the co- co- uh, cost of a half a cup of coffee, um, I
2: mean... From Starbucks.
0: Yeah, and you get access to show notes ahead of time. Like I said, you get to watch the show live. And if you are a big enough donor, we'll draw your name to play games with us and... Every month we have a meeting where we get to sit and talk to our donors and just chit-chat about what's going on. The other day I was playing Path of Exile, and I invited a donor to join us. So um, it's really – it's a good time. If you just want to hang out and talk, you're having a bad day and you want somebody to talk to and vent to, I'm there for you because that's how I roll. Plus, I'm sure I can find a way to fit it in one of my stories. So tell me about all the suffering you have. $3 a
3: month. It's three cents a day. Three cents a day. (laughs) That's – that's cheaper than pretty much every therapist.
0: What is that? What is yeah. that? Uh, what is that uh, song that plays for the animals? That's super sad when it comes for three cents a day. What? With uh, the girl, uh,
3: oh. in the arms oh, of you know. the angels. Who, who, who is that? Sarah McLaughlin. Fifteen fucking cents. <laughs>
0: You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash CritAcademy or follow a link from our website. Make sure to subscribe and you get really cool prizes that we give away, you know, because we share them. We, <laughs> somebody asked me how do I get so many listeners and I just told them I bribe them. <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. I was actually at uh, Gabe, and, uh, Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict. Gabe had a, uh, an awesome party and uh, a barbecue uh, and I went to it. You were at Gen Con and you were uh, – doing your wife i would assume since it was your anniversary but um it was really fun and i had a blast and uh yeah it was, <laughs> that. It was great but yeah I, I don't know uh anyways so before we close out we have one more thing to do it's been a long few days of travel and the adventurers are tired of eating rations and sleeping on the ground The road opens to a small town with an inviting tavern. The smells of grilling meat and ale fill their nostrils, and the sounds of laughter and music float out of the tavern's door. Unlucky for the adventurers, they've stumbled upon the Dragon's Breath Tavern. What starts out as a pleasant evening of food, drink, and entertainment soon evolves into an adventure that takes the party into the into and under the Dragonbath's Tavern. The adventure includes roleplay, exploration, combat, and a dice game called Demon Dice.
2: So do you roll demons as dice or what?
0: I have no idea. Like, oh, man, like the s- tiny skulls of demons, that would be pretty cool. Okay,
1: it's where um, you jiggle the testicles of the tiefling.
0: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: testicles of the uh, tiefling. Yeah. I thought that was pocket pool. <laughs> <laughs> pocket pool?
0: <laughs> uh, um
3: the winner of this the third prize one wins on this show is Garrett Thomas
1: <laughs> when it comes crashing down
0: Congratulations, Garrett Thomas. You are this week's winner. Um send us an email to collect your prize. You can find us at CritAcademy at gmail dot com. Alright, so that is our show. I am your host, Justin.
3: I am your co-host Brandon. I'm your co-host Ian. And I'm your guest, Cody Care.
0: Thanks for listening.
3: Uh it's the end now, so you know what that means. Keep your blades prepared and your spells sharp, blade sharp, spells prepared. Keep your blades sharp and your spells prepared, heroes. <laughs> and blind guys don't your kid at home.
0: Or <laughs> on a car. <laughs> oh, that's awesome.